This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Hey, that's you. So, having recently spoken with Jeremiah in California, with his Surrey alpacas, Anatolian shepherd dog, pygmy goats, and a not small Cooney Cooney pig, I thought it was time to have a chat with Rita in Australia. We find ourselves on the same page as we have been reflecting about what we can do and what we want to do. Mm. Here she is. Hi, Rita. It's so good to see you. Hello, How are you doing? Steve. It's been a long time. It has. Is it a year? Goodness me. Or more? Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to count. No. I'm not going to look. <laughs> <laughs> Too long is the answer. Too long. Yes. So it's really good to see you, and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, so it's been an interesting... Um, an interesting time. Where are we? Because yes. it's it's difficult to know what we're responding to or reacting to and what we're planning for. Mm. And rem- re- remember in the early days of the pandemic when we, we talked about oh, when things go back to normal. Yes. Well, we've lost that. That's gone. Where is normal? It's not there anymore. No, no, that's right. It's like a, it's a new world. So w- what have you been up to? What have you been busy with? Busy with? Um, well, um, a lot of things happened and I've had to adjust, you know. Um, so mm. back, I can't remember what we talked about last time, but I had lots of plans. And one of my plans was to spend more time with my alpacas and mm. to do something that I was really happy with. And part of that plan yeah. was to spend less hours outside of the farm, you know, working at a day job. Mm. and more time on the farm doing a pack of stuff. Mm. Two things happened. I decided to leave the job that I had and change careers as well. Right. Mm. And it all happened. I was able to get a part-time job in the new field that I wanted to go into, Mm. which I love, but there was just one thing that didn't work, and it was the money. (laughs) Okay, that's 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 fairly central. Yeah, yes. challenge, isn't it? Yes, mm. yes. So here in Australia, there's been a recession. I suspect. Mm. recession changes. The interest rates have gone up a lot. There's inflation. Uh, salaries they haven't gone up at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cost of living has increased. And what I found myself in was things were very tight, you know, financially. I also discovered that although I love that some of the ideas that I had for the alpaca farm, for my farm where I live, that could generate money, I was hesitant to actually develop those ideas further. Right. Interesting. Why, why was that? Uh, well, one of the ideas was, you know, having people visit us mm. and, you know, paying yeah. visitors to have an alpaca experience. So pay to meet the alpacas, 
to have a walk with alpaca and things like that. And I did some research about the businesses in Australia that were doing that. And there were various levels of prices. Some were really, really mm. affordable. Others were more premium uh, and all different sorts of things. And it seemed really nice and easy. But one hurdle was insurance. And we were able to find one that would cover our farm for those experiences. But there were limitations. So the visitors, they couldn't actually be in the paddock. Uh, there had to be a separation, so the alpacas would have to be on one side of the fence and the visitors on yeah. the other and things like that and, and all sorts of things. And it was quite expensive as well, that insurance. The broker, the you know, the insurance broker that I spoke to at the time, he said that he believed a lot of people doing animal experiences might be underinsured. We didn't have the money to do the insurance and the amenities and disabled access and toilets and things like that. So uh, we decided to pause that. I did do a bit of research about how many experiences I'd have to run to make a profit. And then it just, I felt a bit uncomfortable with the idea of having so many people having to come to my farm Mm. or that I could make a profit. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like um, yeah. So the scale of it, you mean the scale? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And having to run it every week and you know every day, every day. Well, yes, every- almost. I, mean, I it almost seems like if you're going to do that, you've got to do that, and then it, that is what you do, and it becomes the whole kind of focus. And and you do the quick sums, and the number of people times how much you're going to charge each person. Like, oh yeah, that's quite a lot of money. But it, it does require a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of time. And there's the preparation before and afterwards. And there's and it's also, I don't know whether this thought came to you as well in terms of the alpacas. We were doing that. We've stopped doing that as well. And part of the part of the reason we stopped doing that was because of the insurance, because of the cost. We stopped during the pandemic and because we were closed down, we couldn't have visitors. So that's okay. And then we were looking at it again and just re- reviewing how much was it costing for the insurance. And they the, the, the insurers don't like, you're absolutely right, they don't like the idea of alpacas and people being really close together. It's fine. You go in the pen. That's fine. You bring somebody else in. Well, only if you're in there. We're not talking about taking them into the pen particularly. Well, a bit. But if you're doing sort of handling experience or, you know, to to teach them how to handle alpacas uh, and that kind of stuff. But that's a different thing again. But the alpaca experience is 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 a challenge. And I just also felt that having a lot of people all the time it changes the nature of how the alpacas interact with people, mm. I think. I found that. When we had a lot of visitors, they were a little bit, they, they just were different. When we didn't have the visitors, they were very different in terms of how, how relaxed they were. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I didn't, that's, I wasn't expecting that. But they, they spread out a lot more. They, they, mm. they, they like visitors they're, because, they're, because they're nosy lot, aren't they, alpacas? Yes. Yes. They do like to, to, to be around where the action is, but. At the same time, if they're on show and there's a lot of people coming, if they're interested in alpacas, there's a different feel. If they're coming because you're a, an attraction, yeah, uh, you know the experience. Come, come see the alpacas. But they, last week they were seeing giraffes or last, you know, whatever yeah. it was, and it's just another another experience. I think if people are are passionate about alpacas, it's a that then becomes a different thing as well. But oh, a challenge, yeah, absolutely. So you you looked at it and weighed it all up and decided against or? Yeah, we decided. Did you have a go? We're not going to do it. Yes. So we saw mm. 
we had the occasional person um, that I thought was appropriate, just as a bit of a trial. And they were positive experiences, but there was just one or two people. And they were quiet. They knew how to interact with animals and what. I love when the weather's good, going outside and just lying on the grass and doing nothing. Idle time sustains me, and it's really important. And it's one of the reasons I love my alpacas is because I can go outside and I can just watch them for hours, mm-hmm. like videos and learn. And all these ideas started coming to me, and I started wondering, oh, I don't know if I'm going to monetize every aspect of alpaca because it's so special for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Because you, you, that isn't how you start or how you expect things to go. No, no, that's right. And um, space is very sacred to me. And um, you know that feel when you have someone come into your house and it feels right, but some people it just doesn't feel right. And I'm an introvert, so I'm going to have visitors coming all the time. Um, or let's say, for instance, if I'm working, you know, part-time at my day job and then I've got three or four days and running the you know, experiences, it's just going to be so exhausting. So there was the whole thing of changes and having people come on the farm yes. was actually going to take away from what you were most enjoying yourself. That's right. Yes, yes. Um and I think my partner as well, he's, you know, he's an introvert. Although we do enjoy sharing alpaca information with people. Yeah, yeah. It, um, we just felt yeah, that, that, yeah, doing it over and over, yeah, just might not work for us. Um, do, do you know, when, when we were doing the visits and people were coming, I'm telling the story about Millie yes. or whatever it was. Millie the matriarch. And, you're, and I'm finding myself, I'm thinking – they, they must be bored. Haven't they heard this story before? Like, oh, no, no, it's me that's heard the story before. It's their first time. They haven't met Millie before. They don't know anything about her. So, but I found, I found two interesting things. One is that I was telling the same story and I'm thinking, I'm not sure how fresh this is feeling now. Yeah. On the other side, I, I know I'm recognizing I've told this story before. And what I was tending to do was to use what I was seeing in front of me and which of the animals that were there and using that as the prompt to, to talk mm. about things. Uh, which was was interesting, but I also found this, the other thing, which was an interesting, and I wasn't doing it consciously. That depending on who was there, I would tell the story differently. Mm-hmm. So it was the same story for a lot of people. It was just, you know, I'm telling that story again. Yes. But for other people, I adjusted it because of them and because of how I picked up where they were coming from and that kind of stuff. It was interesting. So. Yeah, I think having a, having some it's nice it's it is good to share. Yes. Isn't it? To to be able it to is. share the alpacas with other people is so special. But how to make that keep the value of that for you and for other people. Mm. But also not not turn it into something that becomes a driven business focus that you lose yeah, it's oh, it's it's, it's career stuff, isn't it as well? Because we is. often we we do, we start doing something because we love it. And then we yeah. find ourselves promoted or become a manager or, or have to take on other responsibilities or paperwork or whatever it is. And you go, yeah. this, this, isn't, this isn't the same job anymore. This isn't what I signed up for. We don't know these things in advance, but there's a, there's a flow. There's a, um, uh, there's a process that we go through. There's a trajectory 
of starting something, everything is brand new, doing something, and this is, I'm doing this again. We're doing shearing again. Are we doing birthings mm-hmm. again? Are we doing matings again? We do. And then you get to the, to the point of how do you keep the freshness? How do you keep focused and st- not just do the thing through repetition? Yes. Um, I, I, I read something interesting the other day. I was talking about developing skills and mastering things. So it's all about mastery mm-hmm. stuff. But it was saying that there's a monotony. When you when you pass the initial stuff and you you've done the learning, you can do this now, and then you're doing it, and then you're doing it again, mm-hmm. and there's almost like a, a sense of monotony comes in. Oh, we're booking out again. We're sweeping up the poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're putting in the wheelbarrow, or whatever. So, how do you do that and still get satisfaction from it? Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've got any thoughts on that. How, how that works for you? Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Um... It changes. I, it's it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. But that, that journey, you know, just talking about how things change. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just um, – and it changed for me as well with uh, the number of animals. So sure. when we first started talking, Steve, I think I might have had, I don't know, 18. Mm. And then um, – Well, no, when you first started talking, you, did, you didn't, didn't have so many. Um, it was just a handful. But, yeah, it's just uh, a handful. But then, then, but, but then they grew, and, they, and the numbers keep going up. Yes, yeah. yes. And I said to my partner, "We got to stop this because otherwise, um, we're just going to become, you know, um, the limit for me is what we have at the moment because the limit came at shearing day, okay. and that's the amount, the maximum amount that we can comfortably do at shearing day. I think, right." Um, and how many is that now? That's around 35 to 40. Yeah. 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 Um, but we've changed our idea. Oh, I have. My partner still he hasn't yet. So we, have, we, we haven't come into an agreement yet. But he's laughing as he's walking around the kitchen listening to me. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we put a lot of money into it. Uh, we bought some. Yeah. Absolutely. Expensive animals. We bought stud males, and I'm starting to think that oh, that quest to breed the perfect mm. alpaca that doesn't sit with me. That's not me. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. And that quest to win ribbons at shows that's not me. But you have done some shows, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's not me. I mean, we we have fun. It's a lot of work. But me is the person that loves to write about alpacas, loves to take photos, mm. loves to film and share that with people. And less the drive to commercialize it, um, I think. I think, yeah. So I'm still, I'm still um, on that journey. I don't know where it's going to take me. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's not uncommon. I think there's a lot of people. And I think you get started. I mean, well. There's a number of things. I'm not sure it's the same in in Australia, but but in in the UK, a lot of people kind of it's uh, in the early stages. Perhaps it's not. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking as I'm talking and changing my mind about what I was about to say. Um, so what I was going to say was in the early stages when alpacas were relatively new in the UK, mm-hmm. then it required a lot of money, mm. and it was like a change of lifestyle. And people did that. That's what they did. They retired mm. early. 
mm-hmm. because they could. Then they, they had some money, they invested in the alpacas, and that became the new thing that they were doing for that phase of, of their life. There are younger people involved in, in alpacas as well now, very mm-hmm. much so. But that was, that was something of a pattern. And therefore, people, either people had a few alpacas and it was kind of like having horses, just, mm-hmm. just having a you know, couple of horses or whatever. But, so it was more companion animals, more field pets or, mm-hmm. uh, th- than, than a business. But others, when they had the larger numbers, then, then that was what they were doing. And it was a, it was a form of farming. Mm. Um, and then you have to scale, then you have to work out all of the costs. How can I minimize them? Yeah. How can I recover some of those things? And then how do you grow it in a way that allows you to maintain that growth? And it's more and more, mm-hmm. and it's more and more and more, and you have to have bigger space and you need more, more land, more animals. Yeah. And I think sometimes you need to decide in advance, there's a scale which I'm comfortable with and I can change my mind, but at the moment I'm comfortable with this level mm-hmm. and that's what I'm going to go for. So five alpacas, the dynamic of that is very different. Once they start having career, once the numbers start going up, once you get to 10, 12, that's a different dynamic. Once you get to 20 and then on to 38, I've got 38, you've got about 40-ish, so mm-hmm. similar sort of numbers. There's a different dynamic. And I was just thinking about it this morning when I was feeding them, thinking, do you know, there's some of these that are still a bit skittish, the younger ones, mm-hmm. because I haven't done as much handling with them. I haven't had as much hands-on yes. um, and familiarizing them with, I mean, they're very happy around me as, mm. as long as I stay, stay by two arms length away. The, the classic alpaca. alpaca social distance naturally. Yes, yes. <laughs> they like to be around, but they like to keep their distance as well. Yes. Oh, uh, dear. Isn't it funny? I was having the same thought, Steve. That's fascinating. I've yeah. been thinking about how much more time I spent with each of my alpacas in the beginning and how mm. I wish I could do that with my, I think yeah. I've, I've got, you know, 37, my 37 alpacas. Yeah. And I can't because there's so many more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still spend time with them, but um, I wish I could spend more individual, more attention, mm. if you know what I mean. And mm. Absolutely. I do. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's changed. And in Australian standards, we are very small. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can imagine that, yes. Everything in Australia is very big. I, I was amazed just how big the whole, whole of Australia is or how big, it, you know, Queensland or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. The, it sounds like a place. It sounds like an area. Yes. And it's enormous. Yes. So you are small, yeah. Yeah, yeah we are small. I'm not sure what's the, uh, like, you know, like in the UK, what's the what's a, a large size breeder? Well, you know, what what sort of numbers do they have there? I I think some of the larger ones you're looking at sort of um, 120 to 200 ish. Oh. It's 180, 200, mm-hmm. and then some are bigger than that. But sometimes they're on they're also in different places. Different. It's the same people, but they're in different parts of, of the country. I know no one breeder, one large breeder. They have all of their white alpacas more more so in a particular mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And there are others that kind of specialize and say, "Well, we're just going to do black ones." Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, back in the day when when we started, the quality of the the black alpacas was so ordinary. Mm. I'm being generous. Um, <laughs> they they hadn't been developed. They hadn't mm-hmm. had the uh, the the attention. And everybody had white alpacas, and that's what was appearing in the in the show ring. Mm. 
and therefore you got crowded out because there's a large number of animals there. Proportionally, the chance of you getting up the top end of that or even winning got smaller and smaller because the class size was so big. Yes. So people started moving through the colors, through the shades. You know, some have specialized in in black. Mm-hmm. And the quality of the fleece now on, on the black alpaca is absolutely amazing. So it shows what you can do, but it doesn't happen overnight. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it does take time. And of course, now now the latest the latest ones are the greys. They've been really working mm-hmm. on grey alpacas a lot. And they're very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um We've we've got grey alpacas here. Oh, do you? But yeah, but but it's because it's been raining and they've been rolling and they're just dirty. <laughs> so I, I call them Welsh grey. Yes. Um, yeah. But they're dry clean animals, our alpacas. Mm-hmm. So when when they're wet and muddy, I guess we get probably a bit more of that than you do. But you get, I'm sure you get dusty, but we get very wet and muddy, and it looks a bit mm-hmm. plastered down. But once you get a bit of wind and a bit of sun on them, yes, they they fluff up yeah. back to their w- typical wakaya uh, sort of shape. But also all all the dirt kind of comes off and the, the color comes back. They're yeah. back. Oh, this is I recognize you now. You're the, you're that white one that I yes. I love so yeah. much. But all the dirt kind of comes off as just very fine dust. Yes, uh, mo- mostly. I'm just thinking, oh, some of that's going down, and I'm going to have to shear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to it's going to blunt the shears as I go through. But you can yeah. see on the length of the fleece how, how, where the dirt gets to. Rita, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your world, your bit of it over there, and also sharing your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure seeing you again. Not so long next time. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, that was a real delight catching up with my old friend Rita. It's interesting, the same kind of thoughts going through our heads at similar times. And, uh, yeah... Well, we, we talked some more, and uh, there's not time to put it into this week's episode, so I'm going to put that into another episode. Uh, but we talked a bit about the climate change issues and, and those kind of things as well, so we'll pick them up at a later point. In the meantime, if you get a chance, go spend some time with an alpaca and take care. See you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.